What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, taking you from struggle to flow. Let me ask you a question. How much of what you do on a daily basis is a self-directed activity versus one that you feel obligated to do or one that you were assigned to do in the role that you have assumed? What percentage of your weekly time budget is spent on self-assigned tasks versus those that were spelled out for you? Chances are, if you live a traditional life of commitments, you don't have complete autonomy and control over everything that you do. It's not reasonable to expect 100%. If you have a job, you are responsible to the requirements of your organization. And sometimes the idiosyncratic requirements imposed by your direct manager, they may have some own requirements, some own standards that they want you to maintain, regardless of what the organization wants from you. If you are married and have a family, you play your expected part in your duty and you agree. So of course, as adults, some of our actions are compelled. But even in those broader activities that compel them, how much of those activities are of your own choosing versus those you just feel stuck in now? and need to abide by, and feel at a loss of options to escape. We're talking about how to toe that percentage and tip that scale more on the end of more in your choosing versus not. If it's 60-40 now, how do we get it more towards 50-50? Or even 51-49 in your chosen favor would be an improvement. This isn't a conversation reserved only for the self-employed. Even with most of us who have prior commitments and expectations of others to uphold from a job or a family, even in all those current realms you occupy, this question stands. How much of what you do is self-started? Or how much of it is defined and appeased to the requirements of what's asked of you? Versus how much is a self-chosen self-assigned responsibility? How much do you obey yourself and how much time is spent in obedience to expectation? Did your parents have to set standards of achievement for you? Do they now? Did they press upon you to maintain a certain grade, stand out and do the extra credit assignments that only a few would do and they had to tell you to do them so you can stand out? Take part in some extracurricular activities that impress them or maybe their friends. Or pursue a certain career or degree or a title to meet their standards of success. Does your wife have to ask and impose upon you to take out the garbage, bring in the groceries, or help her around the house? Do your kids have to pull your attention, push you to spend time with them? Is everything you do in your job an assignment from your boss? Do you do as much as you need to do to remain employed and just get a satisfactory score in your performance? Be honest. It's okay if this is the bulk of what you do. But let's have a conversation about why we should and how we can start to tip that percentage over to the self-imposed standards, the self-directed activities, the self-assigned excellence.
The quality of how much happiness you experience is derived from your level of options that you willingly exercise. The choice you feel you make every day versus what you feel is happening to you. If you wake up and go through the motions begrudgingly because of all the commitments you as an adult have to uphold, that perspective is bound to also bind you in agony and despair. We touched upon this idea on taking ownership in the last episode, which was step one. We are here now to take it to the next step further into the micro a little bit. The entire premise of taking ownership is to awaken you to the fact that it is ultimately the consequential steps that you take to take life within your hands that leads to a life of fulfillment. We aren't happy campers when we feel we're anchored by choice we made yesterday and feel powerless to adjust that choice today. That's what leads us to coping and not taking ownership. We look for all the outside things to blame for our existence. So if we're moving past that step one and have taken ownership, to live a life you enjoy waking up to, a part of you has to believe you are choosing the experience to which you awake. On taking ownership, we try to rid you of the tendency to blame outside circumstances. Here, let's discuss what's in store for those whose daily actions are a vehicle to the life they choose to pursue. Once you take responsibility, the next step is to have an engine to get you somewhere. That engine is your self-directed motivation. Even in those commitments you made yesterday and feel compelled to uphold, you have the opportunity to do it for your own self, to have a voice in the matter, to set your own expectations, hopefully higher than what anyone else would have expected from you. And what vibrance and vitality is waiting to be unlocked behind that self-direction self-motivated, self-imposed standards and pursuits. Something you cannot experience in the appeasement of meeting expectations of others. Even if it checks the box and seems adequate, to have a chance at fulfillment, we move beyond the bare minimum mentality of meeting others' standards so you can choose your design. And if you don't design your own life, Chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan. And guess what they have planned for you? Not much. Your plan for yourself will tend to be higher than others. Others aren't planning a great deal for you. But we're so tirelessly chasing our tail, trying to meet the standards of others, bare minimum because they don't expect as much from us as we can from ourselves, We're working tirelessly chasing our tail just meeting those basic standards that it fools us into believing that our work is done. People who are unable to motivate themselves must be content with mediocrity, no matter how impressive their other talents. People's plans for you will never be what you can plan for yourself. This is the entire premise of the employee versus manager, boss, mindset. Some of us are destined to be employees. 
or stuck in the cycle of being so because of this need to have tasks laid out for us. By sheer requirement, you as a self-employed person are required to assign priorities and perform tasks when no one is pushing you to do so. Much of your success is dependent on your own ability to do exactly that. If at first you cannot determine priorities, what to work on first, and then what to work on second, which is a trap for for most of us starting out as entrepreneurs, we tend to work on less dollar value activities, lower priority stuff, to just give ourselves the illusion of work getting done. If you cannot first at least determine your priorities and what to work on first, and then you can't actually get yourself to do those very important things and show up and actually execute. Whether there's a level of complexity you have to push past. The not having enough available answers and having to rely on your network or creativity. Or if you can't muster the will and the motivation to do so, you are going to remain in the group of people who need managers and bosses to outline their responsibilities and determine their contribution. And again, remember, when someone else is determining your contribution, you probably aren't being pushed to maximize your potential. But in your case, it might be more than you're willing to push yourself, so it's a better trade-off, I guess. You're doomed to mediocrity without self-motivation. No one is going to come and push you to greatness especially not going to push you to be greater than them. You think your bosses want you to have enough confidence to leave them? To develop you enough so you can fly free? Very rarely do you find mentors as bosses who will nurture your potential this way. More so, they're just trying to keep you exactly where you are so it's less of a headache for them and they don't have to replace you and change someone else. So unless you're able to motivate yourself, you must be content with mediocrity. You have to parent yourself in a similar fashion for much and many other aspects of our lives that you may be trying to develop other than wealth. Let's say health or relationships, for example. You are required to parent yourself to do the things not just to maintain, but actually contribute to betterment, to grow. Again, like your boss, your parents aren't going to push you past their own understanding. They will most likely lead you into a life that is familiar to them and what they define as success. How many parents would today have suggested their kids to take on creative means for income, to paint, to draw? Artists starve, right? To create content on YouTube, make Instagram your job. How many parents would have suggested that for you? No. They're suggesting you to become a professional, a lawyer, a doctor, an accountant, an engineer. The familiar paths that they were taught. But those days of corporate ladder and loyalty is dead. You will be led astray following that advice, since it doesn't fit the modern world. Major companies no longer even value college education. They don't care if you are formally educated. Gap years, taking a break in the middle of your resume used to be frowned upon. And staying at a long job was considered valuable. It made an impression that you were reliable. But now, if you aren't making lateral moves every 18 months, you are severely affecting your income potential. 
And somebody looking at that resume today would be like, what's wrong with this person that they've been in this position for five years? You have to be willing to leave companies, leave positions, and keep moving. You are required to become your own parent. With your own standards as the guiding star. You have to turn down the ice cream for breakfast yourself. You have to forego the donut or cookies for lunch yourself. You have to have self-governed, self-driven, self-assigned goals that guide your actions. As an adult, no one is coming to tell you to exercise six days a week and make better choices. It all comes down to your own self-motivation, your own self-started engine, your own desired pursuit. No one is coming to tell you to clean your room or make your bed. This is why there's such a shining light on Jordan Peterson, the father of those adults who didn't have adequately encouraging parents, and especially those adults who are doing a poor job defining those standards for their own betterment. The majority of us, if I'm being honest. You have to find some connection to your own sanity, your own connection to your own sanity in upkeeping your environment. And how it affects your mental state. Again, self-assigned, self-chosen, self-motivated actions. That are required to step in where there is an absence of another adult bossing you or parenting you to do so. You must parent yourself. You require an internal guide and standards to upkeep. We are going to select for people who can self-regulate. Nature will. Survival of the fittest. Except the definition of fittest isn't who has the most brawn to survive against the saber-toothed tiger anymore. Fittest now are people who can adapt to the changing environment. And to take it further, those that survive and thrive will be those who are best at self-regulation. Self-motivated behaviors. Self-started engines. In a world absent of a manual on how to live, no one is coming to save you or guide you into the promised land. Where you end up and what you end up experiencing will be determined by your own ability to set those standards of achievement. In an ever-changing world where no such guide even exists, those standards will need to be self-assigned and need to push more boundaries than the next guy, your competition. We are going to be selecting for those that self-regulate, self-assign, and self-start. Where others are just waiting to be led. Waiting for hand-holding and ultimately getting left behind. The problem is we have learned helplessness. We have a learned helplessness. We are damaged and think we have restraints that we actually don't. We have perceived limitations where there actually aren't any. There's an experiment of monkeys being shocked in a cage. And the conditioned monkeys don't even bother jumping out of the cage. Even when the barrier was lowered enough where they could easily hop off. Instead, because of the perceived limitation from past experiences where the barrier was too high, 
and they couldn't just jump out, they learned to just sit and take the shock. Even when the world around them changed and presented them with new opportunities, a lower barrier. The same thing happens with baby elephants. They get so accustomed to being chained to the fence that even when they are older and much stronger than that restraint, the strength of the chain in their mind keeps them in place. They don't dare try or break free from what doesn't even have the strength to hold them in the first place. Because of our upbringing or the damage done to us by school, jobs, and parenting, we are under the assumption we need others around or we need a suitable environment for specific activities. Learned helplessness. We think we need a school classroom to learn. We think we need an office to get work done. We think we need a gym to exercise. You must break free of these imposed limitations. No one is coming to tell you on a daily basis to overcome your learned helplessness. You may listen to me or have heard this message before, but it falls back on your shoulders to level up the expectations of yourself accordingly or suffer the elimination of your kind to not be selected for. You must become an autodidact. Break the connection from learning in a classroom only. Many of us haven't learned a damn thing since we left school. What's the excuse for not picking up a book or taking the unlimited free courses available online? Oh, I know. You're waiting for someone to come tell you to do so. Parent you and encourage you. Who's going to do that on a regular basis? No one. No one but yourself. You must learn to create an environment, a work environment in any noise or chaos. If you only work when the conditions are optimal or when you feel good, just expect to remain an employee and not accomplish much in life. If you're okay with that, then sure. Just don't complain and don't look at others and probably stop listening to me. And just don't look at others with disguise, envy, or jealousy and attribute their success to luck. They chose their success daily, just like you are choosing your helplessness. You must accept responsibility to stay healthy despite your access to equipment in a gym, especially during like a, a pandemic that we just went through. Many people joke about the COVID-15, an extra 15 pounds people packed on while munching at home. But there are plenty of workout programs that don't require equipment. Many other things you can do if you are willing to and motivate yourself to. There are also a minority of people who came out of the pandemic lockdowns with better and healthier habits. Increased importance on their health. This would be a time to care about your health, no? What's so different about these people? I'm on my sixth round of insanity since the pandemic. Yes, I miss the gym terribly. I miss lifting heavy. But after the first three months of sitting around and drinking and just being a bum, I couldn't help and just, I couldn't help but look at myself and I couldn't accept the slow degeneration. You either get better or worse on a daily basis. That doesn't stop. It's either going in one direction or another. So I motivated myself to do a high intensity program completely different 
than my weightlifting regimen in the gym. I didn't just say, oh, I don't have those things, so I'll just sit around until I can go back. Why? Because the alternative was grim. It stared back at me in the mirror. And I knew no one was coming to tell me to be healthier. And if someone did come to tell me to be healthier, to work, to learn, to fill in the blank here, it would never mean as much if I was doing it for them. Nor would it be at a level of excellence that I could achieve if I was striving through self-motivation to achieve it. What you do for yourself on your own for yourself means the most. Without being asked or having to be required to do. Those actions for some reason feel like they hold more weight. If you have to tell somebody to apologize, does it mean as much to you? Those actions don't hold much weight. If somebody quits something for you, a bad habit, are they really committed to that quitting? It's only when you have the option to do whatever you want, but you exercise it for yourself. Do those actions for some reason feel like they hold more weight? You had the option to not do it or to do it, but you, but you impose upon yourself with will or discipline and desire to do it. When it was totally acceptable by your environment and group of friends to get fat, to stay in your job, to stay dumb and ignorant, but you found it within you, some inner desire to push past the accepted barriers, that squeezed juice is sweeter than what anyone could have ever expected from you. It means so much more. It earns so much more self-credibility, self-reliance for you, from you. A man is what he does when no one is watching. When no one is watching. How much you show up for yourself is determined by your own intrinsic motivators. Achieving and meeting those standards earns you not just respect for yourself, but when discovered, earns a great deal of respect from others when no one is watching. If your manager ever discovered and checked on you and found that you had been doing the thing that they would have expected from you without ever having checked on you and found that you were going above and beyond without them ever knowing. You have now just earned a place that few get the touch. Most of us want credit for every bit of effort that we expend. Oh, look at me. Look at me, mommy, from our childhood and expect a participation trophy or rewarded some prime spot on the fridge, even for the small increments of effort that don't deserve celebration, you want your participation trophy. But when you don't ask for credit, when your self-started standards exceed anything else anyone could ever set for you, you, my friend, my family, are immortalized and irreplaceable. Then it can be said you do it for the right reasons. You show up for the right reasons. That you aren't looking for a reward. 
you aren't looking for applause. That the joy for you is found by meeting your own high standards. A person like that is dangerous. An animal that is bound to sit at the top of the hierarchy. What you do when no one is there is ultimately the measure of what you are and what you will become. There isn't enough I could say about the need for self-motivation. The importance of being a self-starter. This is step two to achieving flow. Once you take accountability and responsibility and ownership for that mess in your life, the next step, step two, naturally becomes to go and discover and set standards for what you will replace that current mess with into a treasure. This is where you have to not look outward, but inward. Decrease dependency on extrinsic motivation and replace it with the wealth inside of you waiting to flourish. If only you start the engine and press the gas daily. I love you, my family. The roads seen through your self-started pursuit, the fruits tasted through your own self-governed picking will give you a life no one else can manage, parent, or encourage you to experience. May your tomorrows light up with that fire within. See you in the next one.